Hello everyone and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I'm Alton, with me as always is Reese. Hi! And Kay. I am on stimulants. And joining us today is Bryce Butcher, the developer of Fatum Batula. How are you doing, hey, Bryce? I'm doing alright. And I, I wanted to have you on because uh, we love doing interviews of indie game devs where they make some you know, beautiful works of art, and we go to them and say, like, why don't you make uh, Frogger, but with uh, burgers? Yeah. <laughs> Explaining Frogger to an American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're just going to be like, just uh, two hours of grueling you, why isn't the cat in Fortnite? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. You should, we should contact uh, Epic about getting... It, it's not even a cat, though. I, I learned from, like, the developer commentaries that it's supposed to be a raccoon. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so oh! Sorry. I've kind of... <laughs> I've settled on it being both and neither. You know what? That's fucking valid. Uh, my support. Yeah. Are we meant the to raccoon. feel, like, really good about killing it? <laughs> uh, or is that a me problem because <laughs> when I first poisoned that fucking guy I was like this is phenomenal mm. this, is, <laughs> this is the good ending I'm about to get and it was <laughs> I honestly didn't anticipate people would have any kind of strong reaction to killing him either way like people were more attached to him than I was it's kind of surprising well, like, he's a beautiful soul that I have enjoyed. I, I feel like that's murdering. Uh, very common for, you know, creators of any kind of work of art. Like the things yeah. that people get attached to are never the ones you expect them to. Yeah, I think it's just I took him the that creature for granted. I was just like, yo, I designed a little guy and I put him there, whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and then everyone's like, I love the cat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what? What cat? <laughs> you, you mean the raccoon? I mean, to me, it's the sound, the coughing sound that he makes when you poison him. <laughs> that's that's tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was just me coughing into my mic, and then I pitched it down. Perfect. Um, I mean, it, the the cat plush is is sold out. I noticed, so I I there there must be at least four hundred people across the globe that are, that are excited to get their own cat to to poison in real life. <laughs> we'll see. What they... <laughs> just given the the plush little sips of monster energy, just drink up. <laughs> Let's see if we can explain what a fatum batula is for those. Uh, not in the know, because for the moment they're just like apparently there's a cat and you kill the cat, and uh, it's also a <laughs> raccoon, which I don't think hey, is a very good too. description. But <laughs> from my perspective, it's very reminiscent of a lot of uh, indie games I've enjoyed in the past. So something kind of like I don't know if this is a good reference if anyone else has actually played this, but like the the Norwood Suite or off-peak it kind of reminds me of that, that a little bit i don't know if those were games that you've played or influenced you at all um i haven't played off-peak yet but uh i, I or northwood sweet or norwood sweet but i am familiar with cosmo d's stuff mm -hmm. so that 
those didn't influence me, I would say. But what one of my major influences was a friend of mine's game. Uh, his name is Modus Interactive, and he made a game called Iketsuki, which I'm going to type out in chat because it's a weird word. I don't even think it's a real word. But this game, that game was a huge influence on Bad and Beta, as well as um, just stuff like Yume Nikki and uh, various adventure games they grew up, grew up playing. And um, what one of the biggest influences on it was actually my cousin gave me his cartridges for the N64 when I was young. And he had completed save files on Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. And I just played those games without any context to like what they were really and just wandered around like talking to people and triggering events and stuff on his completed save files interesting that's awesome there there is i don't want to say uh well i I mean it's it's not really an open world game but (laughs) there there is a, a similar sense of exploration to it it feels very much like a environmental discovery sort of experience. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I got so many uh, different, maybe not from the game overall, but just on, on a ton of touches from Seventh Guest. And, yeah, uh, there's a little bit of that in there, yeah. Yeah, um, the, the, the soup ending, the soup can ending, mm-hmm. uh, especially. To me, I was really excited to have you on, Bryce, because right now, for all of the uh, grousing about stuff about Silent Hill, we're kind of in a indie horror game renaissance, and I think, you know, Fatum Batula is uh, right up there, for me anyways, sort of like weird narrative experiences I'd put up there with something like uh, Paratopic or the Kitty Horror Show games. Um, we could describe it like line by line for the rest of the podcast for hours, but I think it's the sort of thing you really have to sit down and experience to to really get why it's special. Because there there is a lot of the game, uh, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that's about you sort of like coming to these interesting uh you know flourishes like when you go into the autumn uh room and there's that music playing and it's it it sounds like it's supposed to be this beautiful orchestral suite but there's just like just enough it's like 20 percent sour notes it gives you like this super disquieting vibe you know it's it's just one of those things that if you like horror games or it's like not even like horror like a lot of horror games are in the sense is like you're you're not gonna get there's a lot of like fucking real imagery but you know you're not gonna be chased by uh you know pyramid head or whatever it's 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 a lot more sort of like existential at least that's how i would describe it anyways as a counterpoint to uh, reese's effusive praise uh Ebriatas says negative review, no controller support. <laughs> so well. the uh zero out of ten, uh kicking you off the pot. <laughs> no, I think we should actually ex- I sh- we should give a little bit of what Fatum Batula actually is. So it's an atmospheric basically exploration game where you are tasked by this hideous creature whose name I forget. Basically, there's this world tree that is kind of like uh, the Elden Ring in that it controls reality. 
And it's yeah, this game's kind of like Elden Ring. It is. <laughs> it's, it's pretty similar. It's an open world game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it is Elden Ring. Um, but it's feeding off this ancient spring, which is basically causing it to stagnate and not be able to change at all. And you're tasked with basically just going out and finding various fluids that you can add to the water of this spring to change reality by feeding it to the tree. Yeah, I was delighted to find how fluid-based this game is. <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously fans of the pod will be like, where's the cum ending? Um... That's that's DLC. <laughs> I mean, to, to me, that's what the liquid bone is. I don't care what anyone tells me. <laughs> oh, man. That's the one that makes you turn into skeletons. Yeah, yeah just, come does that. That just real life. Um, but yeah, you go around solving puzzles and uh, to get various new fluids, and you can combine some of them together in like a pond outside by the cat slash raccoon. And basically, the whole game is about finding as many of these as you can and getting every ending because there are like uh, a bunch of different endings. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've just I've seen people describe it as sort of a find the endings type game which is sort of a an interesting subgenre and I, i've never heard before releasing this game i've never really heard anybody describe that genre before but it's it's definitely a thing i've never heard of that but that would also describe elden ring in actually a very similar <laughs> way <laughs> it is it's like a puzzle elden ring instead of killing big monsters you solve puzzles uh, and find secrets, uh, and then you find uh, mending runes to use on the Elden Ring <laughs> for different endings. No, I mean, to me, that's too too broad to describe anything because it describes everything. What is every movie? What is every lunch? What is life? It's you. You're just trying to get to the ending uh, so you can get on to the next ending. You know, this came out two years before Elden Ring, so I think that Miyazaki actually ripped you off. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be filing suit for you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to represent you in court. <laughs> oh, you were. Three lawyers. <laughs> There's three lawyers trying to get through the doors of the courthouse all at once and getting stuck, and then it'll, it'll be like a Three Stooges routine. <laughs> yeah we're all dressed as melania we're all angry at each other because we i was supposed to be melania no i was not i i don't want to dress as melania i want to dress as rogier because he's got the best drip like rogier's drip is just off the hook fair, fair enough one one rogier two melanias uh, coming right up that can be a family. I don't. I don't care what. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope. Have you played Elden Ring, Bryce? I hope I, we're not just yeah, talking about a mess. Oh, okay, excellent. I guess I just assume everyone has played it because it's the, the bestest game ever. Bryce has a Elden Ring time lapse uh, on his YouTube, so I knew that's true. I do. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I... I obsessively take screenshots when I'm playing games, so I put them all together in a video. Cool. As somebody who was who is currently insanely obsessed with Elden Ring again, yeah, um, I'm getting I, back I, into I appreciated game. that a lot. Um, I'm gonna have to quit Elden Ring like I did like World of Warcraft or Destiny Two. It's like becoming a problem. <laughs> oh dear. At least Elden Ring isn't asking you for money like every five minutes. 
No, I I installed a mod that that did that. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it feel like home. All right. Uh, getting back to Fatum Batula, every ending that you collect explores various themes. So, just as an example, I think one of the more the more obvious ones is if you feed the cat guy. I think this is another thing that makes people think it's a cat because you feed them a fish. Right. That uh, makes a lot of sense. I, I, I had not thought of that until just now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, here, have some uh, black stuff that uh, my world is all fiery. And it's like, okay, this is oil. Uh, <laughs> and then you pour that into the water and then a clip of Kanye West plays saying George Bush doesn't care about black people. That does um, happen, yeah. That does happen. <laughs> uh, but it is very much the, the Parasites ending. It, it's very much like a commentary on, like, the irresponsible use of natural resources. Yeah. That was actually one of the only endings that I reworded from the demo, because I was scared that it came off as too, like, misanthropic or, like, eco fashy. So I I added like a few lines in to make it clear that it's about like people in power mishandling resources and not just like human beings in general. Right. The thing is, is that that's one of my favorite endings because it's the most the one that's the most like Dune. It's like, you should really read Dune. Dune is great. <laughs> no, we're not doing like, Dune on the pod. All right. <laughs> I so, feel like you'd be uh, easy to buy gifts for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. But getting back to the endings, I'm curious, like, what are your, your guys' favorite endings, including you, Bryce? I'm wondering, what, what was your, like, canonical ending? <laughs> okay. You want me to go first? Uh, uh, we, we, we'll, we'll save Bryce for last. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My, my, my favorite ending was the forever ending. It just because I found it uh, the most most compelling. We find I forget it's just like the the life potion or something, but it's it is the the immortal people who have forever to explore beauty, um, and then all of you know everything. All of the stars sort of twinkle out, and it's just everybody just forgets because that's all exists are the immortals. You know, there is there is a degree of melancholy to it, but I I enjoyed the the sort of turn from you know what you would imagine would be a kind of a positive ending. You know, you could very easily uh, frame that as a as a happier ending, but I I enjoyed the framing of. You know, stuff like, you know, the, the, the cycle of life potion. and death has a purpose. Yeah, yeah, the immortality potion. Thank you, Alton. Yeah, that's the, the Highlander ending. I feel like that's lampshaded by the fact that the uh, the immortal that you meet is like, this fucking sucks, kill me, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I love that guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> like me, for real. <laughs> oh, and I should say that we will be doing spoilers on this episode, uh, which I probably should have mentioned, but the game is like, I don't know, like two hours long. If you get like a whole bunch of the endings, probably even less than that. I see Kay's got like a shit ton of achievements on like one in 1.2 hours. So yeah, I... go, just go play this before the episode. 
Yeah, we. I was enthusiastic about the cat killing uh, aspect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Kay, what was your favorite ending? Uh, my favorite ending was the murderer's ending. Um, it, it's oh, kind yeah. of this vision of the future. Like, what if everyone was like the British middle class? Um, <laughs> and I, I think I just think that's a wonderful little little horror vignette for for me. Little treat. Okay. All right, Bryce. What was your favorite? What was your favorite? And what was the your the canonical ending? Okay, so my favorite ending is the cycle, just mm -hmm. because a, a lot of the writing was um, done, I guess, kind of poetically and in ter if you, in terms of poetry, I just I think the cycle was written the best and had the most interesting stuff to uh, say and um, also the context on like what you have to do to get that ending which is that's the one where you walk up to your father's like banging door at the end of the twisted hallway and then swap places with him and then chop yourself with a knife and take your own blood mm. um, I like how in this game, you're canonically just like a pair of legs with a camera on top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that ending was just me ruminating on, on the weird morality and like trickiness of people being born in sort of tragic situations and then becoming bad people as a result of that. And like how you navigate that with empathy and like mm. it's something that doesn't really have any simple or concrete answers and I, I i don't know i like that one um and as in terms of uh canon mm -hmm. i wanted there specifically to be three canonical endings that all directly contradict each other oh um, okay the cycle is one of them that one says that like all of this was sort of a the, the whole game was was sort of a warped perspective of yourself as a child or something like that. It's kind of vague, but it's it's sort of trying to imply that um, there is a literal world happening here, but what you're seeing is sort of a warped version of that. You go back in time and beat your own ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the, the soup ending is supposed to say, and this one's just literally true, like this is a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's not that deep or anything. It's just, this is a video <laughs> game you play. And then the other, other canonical ending is the one where you meet God and God explicitly tells you, this is not a warped memory. This is not a video game. Everything you're seeing here is, is real. And these people like were created yesterday and we're going to give them free will now. So those three endings... They can't all be true at once. That's interesting. I, I would have guessed that the... I, I definitely was guessing that like the free will ending would be like the canonical one. At least because it's sort of like... That's like the, the good ending, right? Right. Where there's not like... You know, free will obviously has complications to it. It's sort of... But out of the endings, I think it's the one that has like the, the least amount of bad stuff. Right. <laughs> I wanted it to... Feel that way to like people who who wanted it to feel that way, I guess. But then there's also <laughs> enough wiggle room for you to sort of interpret it as like a farce, like this is this is too good to be true type ending. Oh, I see. So it's like 
you can also imagine that people use their free will to create Ubisoft. And <laughs> yeah. that is an, you know, that's an unalloyed evil that would not have existed without your intervention. That's true. <laughs> I, um, I'm not surprised to, to hear you say uh, a minute ago that you feel like the cycle is um, kind of the best written of, of the endings. There's a bit I really liked. I think it's like, you don't deserve sympathy, but I am sorry. Yeah, that's my favorite line in the game. Yeah, same. I think that's fucking tremendous. Um, and also kind of like, I don't know, I find myself feeling that way about people a lot. Mm. <laughs> it's just really real. Yeah. Kay yeah. <laughs> says that to us anytime anything <laughs> Every time we log on the call, just like, you, you were slime, you were worse than the filth <laughs> under my feet. But I'm sorry for you. It's like, thanks, Kay. <laughs> Would you like to play some Baldur's Gate 3 now? It's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Listen, I live in the United Kingdom. I have to interact with a certain type of creature. Yeah, it's... that is that <laughs> I've noticed that that is how people from the UK interact with each other as friends. They're just like, you, what's up, you fucking moron, idiot, scumbag? <laughs> yeah, that means they like you. <laughs> exactly. It's the first time I ever met somebody online from the UK and hung out with them. I was like, what? Why? Why are you so mean? And they're like, oh, I'm being friendly. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you disgusting uh, island swamp people? <laughs> That's what it was like when I moved here. And they here. were like, oh yeah, thank you. And the... <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's that fucking person's problem? Why do they like, they got some kind of beef with me? And they're like, no, they like you. They're being friendly. I was like, what? This is... <laughs> oh, I remember hearing... Someone from France talking about uh, visiting America and being deeply upset by how much everybody smiles. It's just like a fucking haunted circus world. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking it's, dope. Listen, haunted circuses are like one of my but... top ten settings. Definitely. Like uh, Carnival. That's a the banger. Were you into um, uh, Insane Clown Posse? Were you that type? No, but I had a friend in like my uh, Bible studies group who kept awesome already. Go on, <laughs> insane clown posse. When we went on like uh, church road trips, oh my god, yo, that fucking rocks. The dark carnival is a metaphor for God's kingdom, so that makes sense. You see, yeah, everyone exactly. was surprised when they were like, "Oh yeah, we're Christians," but not Alton's friend. Alton's friend was. Reading the subtext, exactly. Had it all figured yeah. out. <laughs> it's just in this car with like my fifty-year-old pastor and like a bunch of other children, just listening to fucking insane clown posse. Oh my god! Give it up for white culture, folks. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Great this question. I don't remember. Um, insane clown posse. <laughs> uh, before the insane clown posse, I think we were talking about how people from the UK are always mean. Um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, the US and Canada are like nightmare countries, but like they are. I don't think I've been anywhere where the people have been better than in general than Canadians and Americans. Mm -hmm. They just, I don't know. They just 
you know, they're they're insane freaks because of the nature of the country they live in. But they're you know they're just more affable. I think they're more socially <laughs> competent as well. It's British people are every single one of them has anxiety. That's why they're like that. I, I, I assume it's the, the rays coming from the Queen. It's oh, just, it might be that. It's a, like you know, this is very. I've just listened to Pink Floyd and I have deep thoughts about it. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, it very much seems to be something that caused by their particular school system of inbred pedophiles abusing children. That is the vibe. That, also, like Britain hates kids. Every everywhere kind of hates kids, but Britain really fucking hates kids. Uh, and you can you can kind of tell. You can tell the people grew up in that environment. Mm. Anyway, uh, back to the video game. Fuck. I I enjoy that. Like the. You know, maybe this is my personality because I'm a, an inherently silly person and I always gravitate towards the more comedic stuff. But I enjoy that it's not all just uh, doom and gloom or high philosophy. There's also the Bones ending where you're a spooky, scary skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. That one was too spooky for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty scary. I'm always, a, I'm always a big proponent of like tonal contrast. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I think to focus on one or the other too much, it's it feel it starts to feel a little, uh, I guess, almost like navel-gazing or whatever. Right. I don't know if that's the right term. It's just the human experience is very broad, you know? And and by putting really goofy, lighthearted shit next to the darker stuff, it always, create, it always makes both of them more meaningful, I think. Exactly. It makes it feel realer in a way. And I think a big part of that is like when you know enough people who've been through traumatic shit, uh, a pattern you start to realize is that there's usually elements of it that are kind of funny. Right. And often like people who've been through sort of similar things in the past, they will bond over like the weirdly, darkly humorous aspects of it. Um, sure. I, I, I think strange or, or comedic things, if anything, enhance the the more serious things that are already there like disco elysium is one of the funniest games i've ever played and it's also like pretty emotionally devastating at points and i think that you couldn't have it one way without the other yeah yeah effectively. yeah i was just gonna say a lot of great art there's there's a lot of great examples of this like earthbound and just the whole mother franchise mm, totally. that's what people point to a lot meet and fuck kingdom three Exactly. Lots of emotional, exactly. emotionally <laughs> devastating art like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I consider it to be the, the Sopranos rule where uh, because Sopranos is one of the funniest TV shows of all time, it is also permitted to be like it, other shows. This can't be like a tenth as dramatic because they're unwilling to let themselves have the stupidest moments of all time for twenty minutes about <laughs> uh, about sliced meat. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think That's all true. really. Uh, I don't know about all really great art. I'm sure there are some that just do one or the other. Like I, you know. Right. I don't think Come and See would have been better with like a 15 minute vaudeville segment. Um, <laughs> Agreed, it well, is great. <laughs> well, that, that's, our next, that's our next episode debate. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think that there is a there is something to be said about how 
too much of one or too much of the other kind of allows you to kind of get your guard up in terms of expectations. Yeah. And so if, if you have like a good mix of both, it always keeps you guessing and you're never prepared for yeah. whatever you get next. And I think that um, this is something I've ranted about before, but when it comes to your experience of a video game, I think expectation plays a huge role into whether or not you actually have a good time. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, actually. I I think expectations are kind of poisonous. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have great people, examples. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've kind of landed on the belief that, like, people seem to kind of have, have been, I don't know if it's just like a default thing or people have been kind of conditioned, but... People seem to react to subversion with anger before anything else a lot of the time, um, rather than, like, curiosity. Like, if a game is doing something they don't expect, they'll get upset about it rather than be like, oh, what is, what, what's this cooking, you know? <laughs> what, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's just a lot healthier. To it. Yeah, it's better not to have expectations. Yeah. I've got two examples. One where a game... I had very low expectations of and completely like floored me with how good it was. And one where I had high expectations and hated it with a fiery passion. Um, <laughs> so the game I, I had low expectations for was armored core Four answer, which, Oh really? Yeah. Which I had never been, I'd never been like big into anime or big stompy uh, robots. I had watched like uh, neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm like, Damn, this shit's depressing. Why does anyone like this? <laughs> These kids are stabbed. These kids, I would be fucking hyped to Jesus. fight giant robots. These guys are losers. You fucking pussy. That's what it's about, right? That's, yeah, it's yeah, about Shinji being uh, about his father not liking him and being disappointed in him and being correct in doing so. <laughs> um... But I, I was like, basically my mom got it for me because it was like a Black Friday sale where I was getting like Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway because it was 20 bucks on sale. And Armored Core for Answer was part of that same like 20 buck deal. And my mom was like, uh, we'll just get it. It's 20 bucks. I'm like, I don't really want this, but all right. I won't complain about a free game. And I ended up thinking that uh, Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway fucking sucks. It's really boring. It's not good. But as I started playing armored core for answer i realized this is fucking amazing this is like one of the honestly one of the best game experiences i've ever had and i think a huge part of why it was so impactful is because i had basically no expectations for it going in i had no uh yeah. you know i didn't think i was going to enjoy it and so when i ended up you know loving it it was like a mind-blowing experience you see, what this tells me is your mom knew something. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the flip side... Were, were you going to talk about The Outer Worlds? Yeah, it's The Outer Worlds. <laughs> 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 the, the other Alton story he's told four times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like so hyped going into that. I was like, oh shit, it's going to be like Fallout New Vegas but like even more explicitly anti-capitalist. And then I like played it 
on a Microsoft Game Pass for $1. And even at $1, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it's so yeah. bad. And I don't want to rehash it, but it's basically the the Liz Warren of video games. Uh, don't play well, it. <laughs> what, what, made, what made The Outer World so unpleasant, too, was we, we had Higgins... In mm -hmm. there, just like policing the debate, just being like, actually, it's it's treatment of both sidings things is actually really compelling because that's what mm -hmm. we should be doing politically. And we're just like, shut up, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a both sides server. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. I don't know if yeah. you've experienced that, Bryce. Have you played the Outer Worlds? <laughs> I know a little bit about it. I it seems to to just not be written that well. Um, although the the only like anecdote I have about it is I remember watching a review of it and I, I was agreeing with a lot of what he was saying, but at one point uh, there was like a uh, an owner of like a coal mine or whatever, and he he was like letting his workers die because he didn't want to pay for safety regulations. And the reviewer was like, "Do you really think a CEO would do that? This is so stupid. <laughs> they need workers to do the work. Why would they just let them die?" And it's like, wow. yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to rehash my grievances, but safe to say that like. Going from like really high expectations did not help that game curry yeah. my favor at all. Yeah, I think both of us were brutal on that game because it's Obsidian. We had these expectations, mm -hmm. didn't realize that like Josh Sawyer was off making his game about monks uh, at the time, and like a lot of key people weren't touching it. The ones who were like Tim Kane, like he's not writing, you know, that's not, <laughs> it's got no bearing on that. Um, no good. Not a good game. Nothing. I heard they're making a sequel, and uh, I, I don't know why they would do that to me. Yeah. Specifically um, to hurt to hurt us. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and part of why I think uh, bringing it back around to Fatum Bitule, I'm going to mispronounce it more and more. <laughs> I bring it up. Uh, that that juxtaposition of tones that you're talking about, I think, is works really well. But I think the the other side of it, to me, of what works about it is you're letting the player also sort of like travel the distance to making their own interpretations. You know, the various endings have sort of their their own specific thematic point of views. But it's not like these some of these other things we're talking about that that it's you know like the outer worlds is just like feel this way or this way, and I think that that makes something so much more compelling and having that that whimsy in there and all of those ingredients uh, of both you know the dramatic and silly in there sort of like gives you just sort of like more more fuel for the brain fire uh, if you will to to make those sort of like leaps into being you know inter interpreting the game and and having it be your own experience you know and unless you uh just say i'm wrong there uh, that's not what <laughs> I, mean, I appreciate it that's something i hope to do in the future as well i can't wait to have my expectations subverted by 500 caliber Contracts. 
I want to put you on the spot here, Bryce, and I want to like I want to throw some some liquids at you, and you tell me what the ending would be if you put that <laughs> in the ancient as well. All right, uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Uh, probably like pancreas failure, <laughs> <laughs> kidney stones, kidney stones, but for the world. Yeah. yeah, everyone gets really <laughs> happy for a little bit, and then they all get yeah. horrible kidney stones and die. Okay, okay. Um, An endless sea of hospitals treating kidney stones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Failure and, <laughs> and suffering to pass. God. <laughs> I really want to, I shouldn't ask this, but I really want to know, what if you added cum? To the ancient spring. I'm in there. <laughs> there's so many. What? There's so many directions you can take that. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. You could go like a poetic rant and be like, "There's just more life and genetic diversity," or you could just be like, "Everything is a '90s boner comedy now. Everything's really <laughs> horny. It like the name of the game changes to fat ass bitula." Yeah, <laughs> the cat raccoon giant tits. <laughs> we made the game I'm, good. You know, I'm surprised nobody's done that yet. I haven't, I haven't gotten any porn of my character. I've got a lot of like furries drawing their own versions of him, but I haven't gotten any porn. Wow, it's disappointing. If you get on that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be careful what you wish for is all I yeah, can say. Have, have a 50-50 Listen, shot with some of our listeners. Yeah. I, I'm friends with the developer of Pseudo Regalia. I'm very jealous on the output of that. Oh nice. Let's see Pseudo Regalia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. This is the the I haven't played this yet. This is the Metroidvania that's like the PS1 yeah. demake. I've heard a lot of people say this was really good. It is. It's... Oh, this looks awesome. Yeah, I, I saw something about this. Madra the Fox specifically. Uh, you have been you've been assigned <laughs> a task. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh. Anyone else got any cool fluids we can put into the? I would just. I, the thing is, if I had this plant like at home, I would just put shit in it just to see what happens. I'd be like, Yeah. I... I want to know what would happen if you put in the Belle Delphine bathwater in the Game of Girl, <laughs> game of girl uh, runoff. You get botches uh, what and happens? poisoning. <laughs> the Christian rapture happens. <laughs> uh, let's, a monster energy drink. Gotta go with that one. What are we getting from Monster? That's also just kidney stones, except <laughs> everyone's super hyper, more awake. There's no more sleep anymore. There's no sleep. There's no rest, mm. constant, constantly popping out kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nightmare. <laughs> we all become the immortal guy in the shack. Also, everyone, everyone's gaming the whole time too. All right, that's well, that's is actually kind of cool. Then that's the ending I want. Yeah, the game, the gamer <laughs> ending, <laughs> gamer ending. Um. All right, so we're at like the fifty-minute mark. I think Reese. Uh, now would be a good time for you to talk about the other games that you played on itch.io. Uh, yeah, I played, uh, the three games I played were, were Winter Walk 2006, Ready to Die, and 
Remember Places, which I think was an interesting smattering. Uh, Winter Walk was, I think, a... It was one of those PS1 um, demo discs that they have on H.io, like the one of those offerings. And oh, uh, if if I if I am correct there, um, and that's just kind of like a fun little like just like experience of you know you play a game on on the monitor and it's like a, a picture of the monitor you play the game on, game on, and then your dad's like, "Time to go to bed." You know, you got stuff to do in the morning, kiddo. Um, and you just have a dream about the game. And it's like this, it's 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 a great kind of like surreal experience similar to similar to uh Fetulum Batula. Um and they also <laughs> similar to had, Akuna uh, Matata. Exactly. <laughs> and like Ready to Die, I really enjoyed because it just seemed like straight up like something you would play in the seventh guest to unlock uh you know the the goon cave but uh and that's just like a a a dice like you're a you're a die and you're rolling around to uh get get around um and so before we get to remember places i would be curious to your thoughts on both winter walk 2006 and ready to die because winter walk is very much like an experiential narrative and ready to die is just straight up a puzzle game where you have to figure out how to roll the die in a specific way to get to the exit and i'm 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 curious to to what your thought processes were for those two games so winter walk 2006 was made for one of the haunted ps1's advent calendars which is a collection of small winter themed games it's not part of the demo disc but also, as a side note, I made the first two demo discs. I don't know if I've mentioned that like anywhere else. <laughs> but the, all the Haunted PS1 collections, a lot of the games that inspired me, and a lot of like all, a lot of the smaller games that are free on my itch came from one of those collections, whether it be a demo disc or the Madvent counter games or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that one, that game, the the concept for it was just. I was thinking about those days I would spend like sick at home in elementary school and then I would just like find some weird shockwave 3D game on the internet and play it and then just have weird fever dream coded memories of it. So the game is like you play one of those and then you go to sleep and then you dream about it. Um, Oh, yeah. And it was just kind of slapped together based on that premise and i honestly like kind of hated it the whole time i was making it <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it more in retrospect but yeah i was just like man this game sucks it's not about anything it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i don't know that's kind of a i don't know if a universal experience but i feel like a lot of people have definitely played video games so much that then they go to sleep and they dream about that video game like yeah i know that that has certainly happened to me with uh certain video games um i think most recently was elden ring i don't really remember what the dream was about but yeah i I feel like i I hear about it most with tetris uh oh yeah oh yeah play a lot of tetris Tetris and then i have yep exactly of course but yeah, I've had that. I've I've had that with Civ Five, where it's just like in no no narrative to the dream, just building roads, connecting cities forever, in a in endless boundaried country. Um, mm. 
That's actually kind of an upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The match three thing is fucking crazy because, like, once you just start matching patterns, your brain is just like, I'm going to do that with everything now. I like their snowboarding. (laughs) (laughs) And so that that continues until you sleep, basically. It's true. I, these days, I, I mostly dream about finding like weird bootleg games at like a Goodwill and getting really excited about it. It'll be stuff like Kingdom Hearts, the movie, the game. Hell yeah! Or something like that. <laughs> and then I wake up disappointed. That'd be a great premise for another game. Honestly, is like you go to fucking Goodwill and you you find one of those like you get like one of those creepy pasta games from like the discount section, <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then Goofy is hunting you. <laughs> yeah, Goofy just bursts through your monitors like, yuck, it's time to die, kitties. I've pulled up footage of Winter Walk 2006, and like, I've, I've figured this game out. It's about how it, it sucks that it's so cold. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. All right, what, what was the last game you wanted to talk about, Reese? Um, uh, the other, the last game I wanted to talk about was called, uh, Remember Places and Remember Places is a game, uh, it's, it's similar to, uh, in, in a way to the structure of Winter Walk 2006, cause it's very much about your experience sitting on the computer and then you can kind of like press escape and you're in your fucked up horrible apartment that you're <laughs> That maybe you've boarded up. It gets it's it's complicated. Uh, the the interpretation and there's a neon sign that just says "Don't leave," but if you log into the computer, there's just a guy there. Um, and I posted a picture of it uh, earlier in the chat. That that is just like always starts a conversation, just being like, "Remember, I'm only your friend. That's all I can be." And I cost money to talk to you. And it's just about your relationship with this dude or this, I don't know, I guess I'm not sure if this person has a gender or not, that takes you through these different environments. And it's very much a game that felt to me anyways, kind of about the our relationship with these things and people and places in games and how we imprint our emotions on it because you go through a whole like relationship arc with basically you know your bonsai buddy who is just like oh yeah by the way you need to keep paying for me to talk to you all right now that you've paid for me to talk to you uh let's talk about me Uh, (laughs) um and so i don't know i i i'd be curious to hear a little bit more about uh your your thoughts while putting that together and sort of like what your your structure of it was um i'm trying to be a little bit oblique about it because i don't want to spoil it because i want uh, the listeners to go and play it but um but yeah i'll try not to spoil it too then reese can i make a dad joke for you I, i don't know can you we don't know what their gender is but we do know they're poly (laughs) (laughs) uh firstly i'd like to say when you were listing out the games you wanted to talk about earlier i i thought it was really funny that you pronounced remember places like with the question mark out loud like i've never (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) so remember places was made I think around the start of the pandemic and 
uh, I felt emotionally like the fucking berserk eclipse just happened. Like <laughs> life got super lonely, and um, I was tasked to make this game in forty-eight hours for a game jam, and so I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, just kind of, I guess, putting a lot of myself in it. And uh, I just thought, what if it's about a guy in a room, locked up in a room because he can't go outside because the world is, like, over or, like, there's some horrible disease out there. And his only friend is brought to him through some sort of corporate entity that he has to pay for. And uh, I, I don't know. I just wanted to cover themes of, like, derealization and how corporations were I assume we're going to try and like suck money out of people through their loneliness like capitalize on it um, personally I can't relate to a story where a disease ravages the world and you can't go outside and all your friends are on the computer that's not <laughs> yeah. my experience at all I've gotten two of the most interesting like comments or replies from this game the first one was around when I posted it some guy made like a small essay in the HIO comment section ranting to me about because he had just assumed that I was like um, a COVID denialist or something. And he was like, why are you telling people to go outside? You fuck. And people are dying out there. And I replied being like, I'm not. This game is not about that. And he's like, oh, OK, sorry. Um, and then the second comment I got was somebody who was basically just the protagonist of this game in real life which like made my heart sink they were like i saw myself in this game because a few years ago i was really really lonely because of the pandemic and i was addicted to using this ai chat bot and all this shit and they were talking they, they kind of implied that they still were and that they like had some sort of romantic relationship with this AI chatbot and that this game meant a lot to them because of that. And I was like, holy shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so bad. That's, oh, <laughs> God damn. I didn't even know that was like a thing really when I made this game. I mean, I knew oh, yeah. about like the guy in the early 2000s that like married his DS waifu and shit like that. But yeah. uh, I didn't know, I, I didn't know people were in relationships with AI chatbots back then. Oh, oh yeah, that's definitely a thing. And much like, much like in the game, you, you do have to pay for like time spent on like the AI chatbots. Yeah. Like most people use it to just be like, oh, what would it be like to talk to Genghis Khan or whatever? Um, <laughs> but my wife, Genghis Khan. Yeah, my wife, <laughs> Genghis Khan. Um, but yeah, I can totally see. I, I had completely, I completely had blocked this out until you mentioned that. This was a little while ago now, but my boss had like this ongoing, like, oh, I guess I'm just going to hear, listen to my boss talk about this now. This like this ongoing story that he was engaged with, with the, the AI chat bot and just like how compelled he was with it and how well written it was. And then he would describe it and I would just be like, this this is gobbledygook. Your brain has been chowdered because the arms dealer dot AI has <laughs> has convinced you it's real. Um, and so, uh, thank thank you for re-traumatizing me. All uh, was this your boss at Taco Bell? 
It is my was my boss at Taco Bell, the worst boss at Taco Bell. Damn, that is the, such a like Taco Bell manager coded <laughs> behavior. <laughs> All right, so we're getting up onto an hour now. I think we should. Well, you know, I don't want to rush things. I think we're having a great conversation. There are two more topics I want to go through. Uh, yeah, on the topic of reviews, what are some of your favorite reviews for a Fatum Batula? Um, I really, uh, my favorite, like, feedback I get after releasing a game is, is, like, essays or video essays. Like, whenever somebody liked the game enough or was interested in it enough to, like, really break it down and, and talk about it. So, a few notable examples, I guess, are there's two YouTubers who both of them I started out as, like, a fan of, and then I became friends with them afterwards. So, Oh, nice. Um, one of them's name is Mara, or Mara Ganger, I think you pronounce it. The other one's name is Spacey Soundy, and they've both made videos about Fata Batula and uh, one of my other games, uh, Mysteries Under Lake Ophelia, and I really, really appreciate those videos. So I'd say those two... Okay. My favorites. I'm not familiar with those YouTubers. Uh, are you sure you didn't become friends with Manly Badass Hero? <laughs> guy who, who's played every horror game ever made. No. Oh, okay. He's actually my sworn enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I found this through the, the Campster video originally. I think I saw this through Errant Signal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's camp the official title of the campster stuff his he puts his i don't know whatever his online handle is campster but the oh show is okay called gotcha i just know him as the errant signal guy <laughs> that, that's that's probably better uh. <laughs> uh this may very well segue into what you're about to say i've been reading um just some of the negative reviews because i kind of find i mean i don't make games but i find that in things i do make um the the less the negative feedback is able to be constructive, the more that's a sign to me that I'm on the right track. Like when you're getting really good, like criticisms where you're like, oh, you've got a point, like it probably means you, you know, there's things you could have done better. But mm -hmm. like a lot of the negative reviews that you're getting on this game are just like, you know, it was, it was gay that there was so much reading. <laughs> <laughs> One guy was just like, the walk speed was too slow. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why that one really tickled me. <laughs> wants to be zipping around. Uh, here's one from one from Lull, who has, ironically enough, uh, an avatar of Martin Luther, uh, like the the Lutheranism guy. Uh, he says, "Did not enjoy it, and I never found it to be anything special." Which is hardly, you know, the ninety-seven theses or whatever you'd expect. Uh. The the only um the only points that people that I that I've gotten like recurring in, in a few negative reviews, most of them are just complaining about the walking speed, which I don't care about. But um <laughs> Sorry, I just saw ones... I saw one that's oh, really you funny. This game is bad. Don't buy, waste of money, very bad. I waste money Z's. My peanut butter <laughs> sandwich is better than this game. <laughs> um, that one was written by Cool Hot Dog Dad. All caps. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> you gotta give props to Cool Hot Dog Dad. Yeah. But uh, 
the two the two points that I'm I'm sat there I'm like there's kind of a point to that. It's one uh, when people say that like at first the game feels very mystical and you know mysterious, but the more you play it, the more it gets kind of gamified in like a really simplistic way where you're just like going from point A to point B to get all the endings, which mm. I think is true of any game where you're replaying it over and over to try and get more endings. Um, so I think that's a very fair point. And the other one is, is just people saying like some of the writing comes off as pretentious. And I'm like, I can't argue with that. (laughs) I don't know, man. I think that this, uh, this peanut butter sandwich accusation is pretty damning. That's true. I I don't, I'm not going to get sleep tonight. (laughs) Looking at cool hot dog dads, other reviews, uh, the he gave a thumbs up to uh hogwarts legacy oh so okay. i think <laughs> opinion discarded then exactly opinion discarded uh individual slated for the gulag um, <laughs> I, I was on his side <laughs> before that <laughs> i would love to share with you my favorite um like negative i guess response to a game that i've ever seen oh hell yeah from it's it's an esteemed discussions post for the game Anodyne Two. Here it is, one of my absolute favorites. You want to read it for us, Bryce? Sure. <laughs> Awful nonsense for puberty aged by puberty minded. Stay away. Save your mind. This is the most <laughs> stupid game I've ever come across in my 33 years of gaming. A game of nonsense trash dialogues and awful puberty slang crap talk. Devs are in their puberty still. Or maybe they are just brain dead. I don't care. Stay away from this brain poop if you still have got some brain left yourself. There's a uh, lot of exclamation marks. Yeah, I was, the, a, I was hoping you would pronounce the, ex, the extra exclamation marks because it's awful <laughs> nonsense! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! It's it's space! Exclamation mark! Exclamation part! Exclamation, which is what yeah. makes it so. It, it's it's, it's not word. just a sentence. It's 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 like a it's like a hazmat sign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they said uh, they said puberty a lot in those like three sentences. That's it's true. <laughs> like a weird amount. Yeah. Puberty minded has become kind of an in joke. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, that's a good one. I, this is funny because I I never I've never heard of the game in question here. So this is just completely decontextualized malice. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I was just gonna say you shouldn't play it. Oh. Puberty minded. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Clearly. I, mean, I don't want to be exposed to that kind yeah. of influence. Make, it gives you poop brain. <laughs> I nourish my mind on the porn games that Steam uh, always has on the new and trending tab. Oh yeah, me but too. I... <laughs> Is this one of the games that you've worked on? Anodyne two? No, I I. Uh, oh, I see. The Anodyne one and two are like some of my favorite games, though, and I befriended the devs of it after playing them so i do know them now oh right but i didn't want to play this decontextualized malice though would be a really great alternative name for this podcast i think (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have a sub series Mm. where where we just get fucking pissed off at things and we edit out the proper nouns Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're getting close 
uh, to the ending here, and I just want to go over your next game. So we've all seen it now, the uh, 500 caliber contracts. I'm very curious as to the, the screenshots for this game and the trailer look pretty insane. So I'm curious, like, what you're going for for this next release. So picture Mario 64. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, but he has a gun. Oh, I'm in. And this has been very successful for the Pokemon <laughs> franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's largely inspired by like aesthetically a lot of Flash games and like edgy early two thousands uh-huh. media that I grew up with. Um, Specifically, the Madness Combat series and the Thing Thing series are very influential for it. Um, and the gameplay is very, very inspired by Mario 64. It's a very similar format. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like it's not as complex as some of my previous games. It's, it's a very mechanically focused game, so... Okay. In terms of like world building and and stuff like that, I don't have a lot to say. It's just you hop into a, a funny world and shoot a rich person in the head with a sniper rifle. I'm gonna take this out, but will you be adding Joe Biden to the video? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Perhaps. Biden DLC. <laughs> Perhaps in spirit, many of the people you shoot in the game. Or Joe Biden. <laughs> oh man, that makes me really excited. I feel like that would be that would be a great way to just do like a bunch of parodies of famous rich people. And this that also like spiritually deeply reminds me of like the Flash uh, game days where people would just be like celebrity <laughs> torture, <laughs> just <Yeah>. like <laughs> those fucking insanely violent uh, Flash games that unsupervised children the world over have played oh Killed. yeah just, oh yeah, yeah exactly the <laughs> stick figures just like shooting up an entire mall just <laughs> <laughs> and it's the fourth one in the series oh uh, who's that who's that politician stick who tried to ban video games shit. Jack Thompson? Oh, yeah. Just like the fucking, all the fucking games that are like, kill Jack Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Buckley's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that era of video games, I'm, I'm 100% with you that that was, that was a magical time in game (laughs) development, I think. Yeah, I don't think anything's really replaced the flash gaming culture i think the closest thing we have is like roblox game dev but that's like a sweatshop for children so (laughs) it's like like the same thing flash has like a unique style as well that like sort of infused everything made within it oh man i downloaded flash 8 to make assets for this game and it is so fun to work in oh hell yeah animated a stick fight uh for my first time ever and just yeah. making child me proud and oh, that uh, fucking whips i am using it as a texture in the game that rules i'm i'm getting more excited uh as we talk about it to try this out 
another rich person i hope you did like the parody version of is there like a parody elon musk i gotta know uh kind of honestly it's there's like analogs of multiple kinds of people in one that but oh, they also okay. are kind of aren't real like one of them is a is like a gimp dj that uh I think originally I wanted to make him like dead a crypto mouse. bro and kind of oh. represent like, yeah, he's like dead mouse. But if dead mouse sold NFTs, but I think I rewrote him. So he just owns private prisons now because I thought that was funny. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. He's private just... prisons are pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just stuff like that. There's like a eugenicist doctor and a, and mm-hmm. a, a, like a contractor who was brought in to basically be a CEO for some factory workers, as well as like a data collector. And there's one that's the leader of a group of uh, worker scabs. And he's also like a, well, for his design, I just Googled anime fascist armor. <laughs> and so, and so, Are you sure that awesome. the eugenicist shouldn't be like a movie reviewer? Uh, no. <laughs> like, maybe somebody who overthinks video games perhaps <laughs> oh, my oh goodness the Green eugenicist egg. is a guy named dr spider oh, okay. and he he, he kind of has that like aaron hansen hair split so he could absolutely pass as a as a movie reviewer oh i was Excellent. making oblique references to movie bob one of our Oh, I I was like, that could be Movie Bob, that could be John Tron, dude. I don't know. Uh, there's so many Genesis movie reviewers. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah. Good question. Is there a character based on literally anybody? Uh, possible. <laughs> the first celebrity I ever met in person was pro Jared. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Fuck. Did he show you his weird bent penis? <laughs> that would have been really bad. Uh, I did get a picture with him. I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Or thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta get rid of that. You gotta get rid of that. Stuff. That's like a cursed yeah. object. Conky has <laughs> yeah. a picture of himself with Movie Bob, and it's one of the cursed objects we treasure. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! I would kill to get a picture with Movie Bob. I don't gotta... feel like, I, he's blocked me. I feel like we would not be uh, welcome around his his personal space. I feel like well, we he doesn't know what I we fucking are. look like. Yeah, exactly. We just just go yeah. up and just be like, "We're president of the Mario Three fan club." oh i want to do that <laughs> oh god all right we're gonna make a we gotta make a a pod trip to boston <laughs> we're gonna have conky show us around so show us the local cryptids we're gonna s- Oh, this pod was always going to devolve into a stalking movie pod. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, just, just us us, and everybody who lives in the New England branch of the podcast uh, mm-hmm. just stationed <laughs> at various <laughs> nerd locations in Boston just be, just be like 1, 1 p.m. The eagle has uh, landed. <laughs> 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 nothing nothing at uh, Newberry Comics over. Oh fuck. 
All right. Well, that pretty much we're out of time. We're at like an hour and 20 minutes, but I had a really great time. Thank you for coming on the show, Bryce. Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it was it was an honor. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. Uh, as as for my embarrassing praise at the start of the podcast, uh, I I really uh, I really love this when I played it, and it's it's been exciting uh, hearing these insights. Oh yeah, I'm excited to uh, play some of the games that Reese brought up. Those sound really interesting. Uh, so first, Bryce, where can people find you online? And where can people check out some of your great games? Um, I actually have a website, BryceBoer.net, as a B-R-Y-C-E-B-U-C-H-E-R.net. Oh, I was pronouncing it butcher. Oops. Yeah, everybody does. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so, but there's a, there's a button on there with a bunch of links to all my shit. I got games on H.I.O. and Steam. You can find them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I am issuing a parasocial podcast order for every listener of the pod to wish list 500 caliber contracts with a z at the end uh and exactly. uh, check out the trailer because it is uh amazing yeah Agreed. really looking forward to that all right reese where can people find you online you can find me at Reese V Ryder on Twitter and Blue Sky and Twitch. Uh, and I have a video game music podcast called CRT Sound System, uh, which uh, you can just Google. And I also have a more niche personal podcast called Existential Warfare. I'm not going to get into this episode. So check those out. All right. Kay, where can people find your work online? Uh, go to Linktree slash K and Skittles and just click on any of the things on there and send me a death threat. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, make sure you make those comments nice and mean. Tell tell K that their work is is dog brained and it's not as good as a peanut butter jelly sandwich. We, <laughs> let, we feed off of decontextualized malice. All right, and you can find me at Rude Fox Alton pretty much everywhere. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter. Uh, YouTube, Blue Sky, and many other places. You can find our main podcast account at Vigatwato, which is just the initials of the name. Uh, on Spelled like it sounds. Exactly. On Twitter, Blue Sky, etc. You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Vigatwato, where $1 a month gets you all our great premium episodes, which we're, I have one sort of sitting in the can right now that I need to edit because I've been so fucking busy the last couple weeks uh, where we talk to our friend Modra the Fox about video games and he opens our mind to Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, oh my God. Some of our best podcasts are still locked in that Patreon. Uh, the Mountain Dew Horror Stories episode, which remains the most vulnerable I have ever been in my entire life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, one that, you know, is a little bit dated at this point, but I honestly think might be our finest work was the our, our Jeffrey Epstein mental breakdown episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> which has to be listened to. Uh, so you can uh, find things to use against us. Anyways, uh, check it out. <laughs> all right, and that's it for us. So thank you for all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.